Welcome to the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast, the show that brings you lively conversations with leaders, colleagues, and friends in healthcare, pharmacy, and beyond. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast. I'm Melissa Muir Corrigan, and I'll be your host. This is episode 13 of the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast, and thanks for listening. We're recording this episode as we wrap up season one. Wow, what a wild journey it has been during these unprecedented times. Now on today's podcast, it's gonna be fun. I'll be highlighting some key themes from our outstanding guests, which may include a prescription or life lesson that they shared over these past several months. And I encourage you to think about how it may apply to your life or your own journey. Well, launching something new like a podcast can be daunting. I wanna thank ASHP past president, Sarah White and the ASHP team for having me on the ASHP Women in Pharmacy Leadership podcast back in 2018. This really sparked my interest in podcasts and maybe, just maybe, had me consider hosting one myself. I then learned from Kristen Meisner, co-host of By the Book podcast and author of So You Wanna Start a Podcast on the Nuts and Bolts. She taught me so many things. I love listening to podcasts and wanna give a shout out to 10% Happier with Dan Harris, The Sherry and Nancy Show with Sherry Salata and Nancy Halla, and Happier with Gretchen Rubin and Liz Kraft, who introduced me to Kristen Meisner. And also a special thank you to Pharmacy's Tony Guerrera, who hosts the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, for answering my many questions, encouraging me to speak slowly, and I'm still working on that one, Tony. As I mentioned in the opening, this is the end of season one for the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast, and we're gonna take a short break and then be back again for season two in early September. So we look forward to you joining us then. But today, I wanna highlight for you the answers and insights that we heard from our amazing guests to this question. Is there one prescription or life lesson you'd like to share with others or comment on in the spirit of Melissa Rx Scripps podcast? Becky Sneed helps us get started on this one. I think that this has been one of the hardest you know, in anticipation, but then I, I reflected back of many, many, many talks that I have given and I always landed on the following. You either lead, you follow, which is just as important as leading, or either you get left behind if you can't adapt. And I think the profession of pharmacy, I think personally, in whatever areas or aspects of your life, you have to either lead, follow, or get left behind. Well, Becky talked to us about leadership. And my interview with Janelle Sabaka include putting leadership into action. We learned from Janelle about global travel and learning from others. So many cool insights there. Such a passion for traveling to new places and learning about new cultures and pharmacy practices. It was when I joined Procter and Gamble in 1999 and they sent me to my very first global meeting of the Federation of International Pharmacists or FIP that I realized there was so much opportunity to advance our profession at a global level. 
the little girl from Diagonal, Iowa, had all of a sudden found herself in, a, in another country surrounded by pharmacists from all over the world. At that very first meeting, I heard pharmacists from other countries talking about counterfeit medicine as a serious problem in their countries. In 1999, that was not an issue at all in the U.S. or a word spoken among pharmacy professionals in the U.S. Today, it has reached us, and much more attention is paid to the security of the supply chain for medications here in the U.S. So I find that international involvement helps us to learn from others and perhaps see what may be coming in our own future. I've attended that FIP Global meeting every year since 1999. Yes, I caught the FIP bug. <laughs> and Congress is held in a different country each year. In each location, I have tried to go out and visit local pharmacies to learn from their practice and see cultural differences. In one case, I love the tour of a hospital pharmacy in China where I was able to see them blending with Western medicines like we have in the USA with their traditional Chinese medicine for their patients. I'm now excited uh, with my volunteer work at FIP, serving as treasurer for their academic section and a board member for their foundation. It's allowed me to meet and work with pharmacists around the globe to advance patient practice, hopefully around the world. I'd encourage everyone listening uh, to perhaps consider attending an FIP Congress in the future, 2020 Seville, Spain, and then in 2021, Brisbane, Australia. I'm so grateful that Lucinda Main joined me for our inaugural episode. She heard about my vision and without hesitation said yes. Lucinda was recognized on several episodes of the Melissa Rx Scripts podcast as a mentor for other leaders in pharmacy. Let's listen to Lucinda's comments on Pharmacists for Healthier Lives, an exciting initiative that talks about pharmacists and their accessible role in healthcare. The most passionate activities I'm pursuing right now, the public does not understand what pharmacists are able to provide them, um, no matter where those pharmacists might be working and where they might encounter their patients and their colleagues. So AACP has taken the leadership in planning and implementing the first national, meaningful, public-facing campaign to help change that and help the American public really appreciate that pharmacists do more than simply provide them their prescriptions. It's called Pharmacists for Healthier Lives Campaign, and it's not just AACP's campaign. We have four other national association and five state association partners working with us and are in uh, intense conversations with a variety of foundations and corporations to make sure that we're able to grow and sustain the campaign. People can find that on pharmacistforhealthierlives.org, and I encourage them to do so, to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and on Instagram, and then spread the word and uh, do all of those other things. All of the messages for the campaign are found on that URL that I just mentioned. We're hoping to influence mostly the chief medical officers of the American family. That would be women between the ages of 35 and 55, as well as caregivers, because those people need pharmacists more than anybody else. And I just wanted to say that your picking up accessibility is exactly what 
the research that underpins the campaign has affirmed that accessible is our trump card with the American public. One of the key lessons I've learned through the Melissa Rx Scripps interviews is that it's okay to think differently. I love that one. And to learn from failures. Janine shared this in such a beautiful way. And Janine's light and love that she brought to her episode was so, so cool. I just keep trying and striving to be a more holistic and as much as I can be well-rounded person to, to keep learning from other people, whether it's my kids or my students or my colleagues and surrounding me with people that, that remind me that life is a journey. It's not necessarily a straight path and that I like to think that I'm, you know, moving in just one direction, but, you know, we have some hiccups along the way. Sometimes we have steps forward and steps back. Wellness and being mentally well and growing takes a ton of work um, and we're not going to be perfect about how we do it. But whatever happens, I think there's a lesson that we can learn um, from even our pitfalls or our failures that we can apply and we can carry forward with us. So I want students to know that. And I also want them to know that it's okay to think about things differently. I think um, oftentimes that makes us feel like an outsider, like we, we're not coming up with the same exact solution as everybody else. But, but actually, I think that's really a strength and something we should celebrate um, and something we should encourage uh, for us to innovate and just do things differently sometimes. I always learn something from Nancy Alvarez and our Melissa Rx Scripps interview was no exception. Nancy's thoughtful insight on self-compassion blew me away and I think it will do the same for you. Well, I would say to those listening that, you know, it's important to accept yourself. And that may sound very simple and and it's not. And I think that I spent many, 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 many years not accepting myself for who I am. And I think that I find myself wondering how much how much greater could I could I be if I simply said, I am who I am. It is how it is. And if it needs to be different tomorrow, well, let's make it different tomorrow. And, and that's not to say that it's easy because it's not. And that's not to say, to say that, you know, that we shouldn't have times where, you know, there's uncertainty. I think it, it's really working on self-acceptance. Maybe it's even called self-compassion. In fact, I read an article that was in a, ACP's journal, and it was, and I wish I remembered the title, but it was a commentary about self-compassion and how that was necessary. And, and I think for people out there, we don't, we, we're compassionate for others, but we're not compassionate for ourselves. And that would be the one life lesson that, that I would share is do all that you can to cultivate self-compassion. You know, there's always the time to improve, yes, uh, but allow yourself to feel disappointment or grief that something didn't go your way. 
and then say, you know, what did I do? What did I contribute? What was my part in, in what happened? And then move forward. Uh, and all of that, as I say, it sounds so simple, you know, and I know that it, that it's not, I know that it's not. So self-compassion. We launched the Melissa Rx Scripts podcast, and then, as they say in Hamilton, and I hope that you've watched the Hamilton movie recently on Disney+, Plus, that the world turned upside down. I appreciate the advice from Brianne about stay curious. This attitude of being curious has helped me so much these past few months as I've learned new things and tried new things and navigated all that we've had to deal with. So when I think about you know, the wisdom and it's it's really hard to narrow in on on one one kind of nugget or one piece of wisdom that's really stuck with but I think the one kind of prescription or, or life lesson that I would leave is is stay curious I think if you approach life whether it's personally or professionally with curiosity it, it really will take you far and I think for me that's what has made networking and, and seeking out mentors somewhat easy is that I, I find people, it's, it's easy to be naturally curious about people. And if you approach it with that, it's easy to talk to people and wanting to understand their life experience, what motivates them, what they're passionate about. And I think from a professional standpoint, that's, that's definitely true as well. Approaching things with a continuous curiosity, whether it's your research and continuing to ask those questions. Or for me in the health system area, when I'm trying to solve a problem, I go to the source and ask people and, and again, try to be curious about their experience and what they're doing, why they're doing it and how it could be better. And I think if you approach your life with curiosity, you'll, you'll always be inspired and intrigued and have plenty of things to, to do. Well, learning new things, being open to new things involves listening. I'm grateful that Lynette shared some great advice on this one. I think if there was one that I had to describe or express, um, one prescription for life that I try to have for my myself, and this is again, highly influenced by my parents and how they interact with one another and others. It's really comprised of three areas that I think are pretty much interrelated. I always try to have an open mind, be willing to learn new things and to actively listen. I believe that being open to new ideas and new perspectives, new processes, new people, new cultures can only help to influence our lives. And regardless of the situation, whether it's personal or professional, it is often helpful to not only have an open mind, but, we, but be willing to learn new things and new ways of dealing with situations, new ways of interacting with others. We're not all alike. We're, we all are different. And sometimes you might have to come at things in a different way to connect with someone. And finally, active listening. Listening is hard, Melissa. It is hard because sometimes, you know, if we think we have the answer, we want to spout it out. Um, but, but active listening is a true skill. And I have learned as going throughout my career is that it is one that oftentimes assists us in growing truly, truly appreciating others' perspectives, experiences, and ideas. So that, that's my thing. It's not one thing. It's, it's three things. But they, it's really talking about the same thing. And that's really being open to new things. Don't think that you always have the answer to everything because there might be a different way of doing it. 
And um, again, that's just something I've, I've become more sensitive to and more appreciative of um, just as I continue my professional journey. Sometimes on our leadership journey, it's confusing as we evaluate and plan for what to do next, and we're not sure what to do. And we look to explore opportunities. Susan Winkler gave us some great insights on this one. And I think Zeta Cooper, she probably didn't say it this directly, but I'm, I'm going to presume it's consistent with how she would have approached it. And my thought here is often when I've talked to either graduating student pharmacists or pharmacists or, or anyone who's considering a new opportunity and they're thinking, well, do I, do I want to make that change? And thinking, you know, there's always risks with it and is it, is it more comfortable where you are? What I want to convey is that we have many opportunities and you should take advantage of many of them. And if it doesn't work out, you likely learned a lot that will then be helpful somewhere else. And so it's okay if you, you know, are deciding between three positions and you choose one and find out after six months that it's not a great fit. That's not a wasted six months. I would challenge folks to, to consider that that was an investment in learning what, what it is that you're not as well suited to, but look at you know what is it that didn't quite work and then how do you craft and find that role that is a better fit? So I, I guess it would be to say, assess the risks and then test things out, try new things because you can always pivot, but it's rare that a, particularly professionally, it's rare that a professional decision locks you in for the next 20 years, particularly in this career and business environment, we have different opportunities and, and it's an important decision and one you should take seriously, but don't presume that a decision that you make in 2019 is dispositive and closes doors for you in 2029. In fact, it may open many doors between now and then. I reflect back on our time together with Sarah Gardiel, and she talked about some additional insights on seasons of life and how it worked for her and her family. I love this advice, and I think it's something that we can all learn from and apply to our own life and circumstances. I guess what, what I would share is um, it's a little bit about this ongoing debate we have about work-life balance. And I actually don't even like to use those terms. I like to talk about work-life management because balance implies that there's some Zen state that you can get yourself in where everything is exactly how it needs to be. And you're sitting on that seesaw and everything is in exact alignment and you're at peace and content. And I think it's an unfortunate word because I think it sets women up to feel like they're failures. And, you know, I've talked about how we already do that to ourselves anyway, because the truth of the matter is, if you're on that seesaw over time, as you're going up and down and up and down from side to side, oh, on overall, on average, you're balanced. But on any given day, you may be leaning into one side, which may be your work or your profession more than the other. And so how do you manage that so that over time you get where you need to be? So when I talk about work-life management, 
I also talk about thinking in terms of the long run. Yeah. Because in the short run, on any particular day, can we all be in balance? No. Can anyone even be in balance? Maybe. But over time, if you think about things over the long run, then that balance is something that's much easier to manage because you will realize that there are days, maybe even weeks, maybe even months where you've got to lean into one side versus the other, but that will balance out over time. And eventually you'll, you'll have the, the life that you want, but every day, can you have everything you ever wanted? I, I just think that sets the, the bar so high. And I'll, I'll give an example of that. When the time came that my husband and I decided to have a family and we've got two wonderful girls, I made a conscious decision to not stop working, but to rein in some of the things in my life that would have kept me on a plane a lot. That was a conscious decision to uh, step away from leadership roles that I could have, would have had at a national level with associations and those kinds of things that are very important. And I just had to know in my head at the time, I'm going to pull back from those now, but there will come a time when I can and we'll be much better able to move into those. And in fact, that's exactly what happened. And so I didn't have to decide between the professional work I wanted to do and my children. What I had to decide was when and pace myself and stage myself over years and and even over decades to know that if you look at the long run, you can have it all. You just can't have it all every single day. And so think about that, that management over longer periods of time. And I think it really takes some pressure off of women to be successful at everything in every moment. It's just not possible. In season one, our first mother-daughter duo, Jan Engel and Liz Donnelly on the Melissa Rx Scripts podcast expanded on balance and not taking life too seriously. I especially enjoyed the Jan quoted lyrics from Sammy Hagar and his song Loud. Let's take a listen. I think something, a life lesson that I try to think about and embody often was my high school senior quote. It's from an author. It's do not take life too seriously. You'll never get out of it alive. It's from Albert Hubbard. He's an older American author. Um, That life lesson is something that I think I still need to work on with just kind of finding the right work and social life balance. Because if you're consistently worrying and stressing about work and you're very serious all of the time, it can really take a toll on just your mental capacities and how you're kind of feeling overall. And so it's really important to be able to have a release in some sort of way, whether it's hanging out with friends or doing an activity that you really like to do that kind of de-stresses you. And, you know, starting pharmacy school is a very daunting thing. And last semester, I don't think I had a very good balance. I think it was mostly just stressing about classes and everything, you know, biochemistry is never fun. So, you know, I think that trying not to take things too seriously and learning how to create a balance and taking the things that need to be serious, doing them seriously, but then also having fun and being able to create a space in your life where you're able to de-stress and just enjoy yourself and have good times, you know, with friends, everything like that. That's just such an important thing to have. Okay. I know this is going to be a shocker, but my favorite quote comes from Sammy Hagar. (laughs) 
<laughs> so your younger members of the audience won't know who that is, but he is a musician. And my favorite quote from him is, I live my life at full volume. And that really resonates with me. I think that can mean a lot of different things for different people. So for me, full volume is usually I'm going at full tilt, you know, from morning till night. But I think, you know, what that really means for pharmacists is uh, your full volume might be taking leadership and optimizing medications for your patient, one patient at a time. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be president of an association or in some you know, big position uh, that everybody knows about. It can be just what you do on a day-to-day -day basis to take care of your patients or however you practice pharmacy. So living your life at full volume is just the uh, mantra that I kind of go by. What I try to do is keep busy with the things that I love and that includes my family, our profession, and my friends. And of course, with a little live music thrown in there. But just trying to uh, live life till its fullest. He also goes on to say that uh, I like, I live my life cranked to 10, and sometimes I like to push that to 11, but I think that's just part of enjoying life and having balance between work, our profession, our families, um, our friends, you know, just to have a more well-rounded uh, existence. Throughout season one, we talk about family, mentors, teachers, and other important relationships in our lives. Kelly Jo Welter's prescription summarized why this matters so much. Thanks, Kelly. I feel like this kind of sounds cliche, but I'm gonna come back and say that relationships matter and that pharmacy is a small world. So many of the opportunities that I've had in my pharmacy career thus far have been because I've showed up, because I've talked to people, because I've been excited about learning about people and excited about working with others. Coming from my national theme of fearlessly authentic and encouraging students to really be themselves and bring what they have to the table, thinking about my experience learning about Lucinda and her relationships throughout her pharmacy career, even applying for the National Executive Committee for APHA ASP, it was because I showed up and because I was excited about learning and about talking to people. I was recently at our January business meeting just a couple months ago with our newly elected regional officers, and I felt this energy in the room that I feel at every single APHA ASP meeting. And in that meeting, this specific one, I had this thought to myself of, we're all students now. Someday in just a few years, we're all gonna be practicing and we're all gonna be working together in these leadership roles. And I think something that students can remember and maybe even pharmacists too, is that we all get to work together to advance the profession. It's not an obligation, it's not a duty, it is truly a privilege that we all get to work together and we get to collaborate. So I hope that people can carry forward that those relationships are so important and that's really how we make a difference. That's really how we change the world and really give back to our patients. It's summer 2020, a summer like no other. Let's close our season one recap with wise words from Lisa Hanlon, reflecting on some of the practices that she's used these past few months. Hopefully all of us will be able to breathe in, take a deep breath and just say, ah, 
I, I really am glad that you mentioned that, you know, the science behind, you know, mindfulness and meditation, and there's a whole body of, of evidence there. You know, I encourage folks if, if they're interested in looking at that, because meditation really helps with all the different um, domains of stress resilience. And especially in this time with the pandemic, what I've been telling folks, something that's really quick and easy to use in your day-to-day practice. And there's lots of resources out there for more formal practices and what have you. But in the heat of the moment during the day, my, um, I call this my prescription for resilience. It's a simple three-step practice. And this is, and it really encompasses some things that are common amongst many different styles and types of meditation. And the steps are breath, heart, and intention. And what I'd like to do is, is, is just take a few quick moments and sort of walk through a very simple practice. And you can do this if you have a if you're in a setting where you can close your eyes and make this a more formal practice, you can do that. But you can also do this eyes open while you're at work, you know, in a meeting or 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 even you know taking care of a patient. And so the first step in any form of meditation is breath. So you get into a comfortable upright posture. And then you connect with your breath. And all that means is that you breathe consciously. So you put your attention on your inhale and your exhale. So you're just breathing at your own natural steady rhythm. And just notice how it feels when you focus on your breath. Oftentimes people will say, well, you know, my mind wants to race and wander. That's very natural. And whenever that happens, you just gently redirect your focus to your breath. And then what we do is we try to make our breath full. And so this is what we call belly breathing. So this is where as you're inhaling, your belly is going to expand. And as you exhale, it will contract. And as a pharmacist, I love to think about the mechanism of action. And there's many, many different ways to describe this, but the the main takeaway point is doing deep belly breathing activates vagal tone, which is your body's natural relaxation response. So as you're breathing this nice full breath, also try to make it even. And that means your breath is balanced, that your inhale is the same length as your exhale. And you can do that by just a simple count. So just a nice, full, balanced breath. This activates all sorts of mechanisms in your body to help decrease stress. Brings you to the present moment, gets you grounded in your body. And then the next step is heart. So you continue your full balanced breath, but connect with your heart. And you can do that by placing your hand over the center of your chest. You can use your imagination and think of breathing through your heart. And we use our heartbeat as an anchor. This also helps us be very grounded in the moment, present in our body. We just deeply connect with ourselves and that helps us better connect with others. 
And again, there's all sorts of science behind this. And then the last piece is you're connected to your heart. And you know, our hearts are physical, they're energetic, they're emotional, but we also can set an intention. And I, I like to think of this as shifting gears. It really helps us get off that hamster wheel of what if, especially when you're really stressed. And so you can set it a positive intention for yourself or set a goal. If you're feeling particularly stressed, you can set a goal or an intention that I'm gonna calm down and feel more peaceful. Because we know that that helps us function more efficiently, more effectively, helps us relate better. And it also helps us with stress, which can impact our physical health. And so as you're doing this balanced, full heart-centered breath, just set an intention. And if you can, close your eyes and just really feel it as you're breathing in and out. You can set an intention for compassion, especially self-compassion. So breath, heart, and intention, simple practices. You can do briefly, you can do them longer. Just like exercise, if you do them more frequently, you're gonna get more benefit. Um, and there's lots of other resources out there related to mindfulness and meditation, and that's just a simple practice. And I encourage everybody to really practice these and, 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 and it will help you um, weather the storm of this pandemic. I wanna thank you for joining me on season one of the Melissa Rx Scripps podcast. I wanna give a special shout out to Kate Cruz, my producer with Executive Podcast Solutions. And we look forward to connecting with you again in September. Thank you.